podcast with Mo. What up and welcome to episode 44 of a podcast with Mo. Uh, This week I'm joined by Taylor. We talk about our friend KV briefly before we go in about television shows a bunch of them like the office and john oliver crashing and then we touch on a little nfl talk he loves the browns i'm a fan of the jaguars they have both made free agency moves uh then i talk about the tv show afterlife and then we get into our top five list this week which is top five 90s live action comedies that we enjoyed while we were in elementary school so that's a fun one. Um, and then a little bit about taxes, parenting, um, and then Travis. So thanks for listening. What up? We're joined by Taylor. What's up, Mo? Or Tay Sizzle, or what the fuck come up with last time? I don't remember. I think it was just T. T. Oh, yeah, it wasn't as cool. Mr. T. We're into fucking Mr. chains T. and shit. It's going to be pretty cool. Um, so what's been up, man? Man, life. It's been a whirlwind. I uh, stood you up last time you asked me. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, what happened last week, so if uh, normal listeners will know, I said, you know, Curtis came on last minute to get a random short episode in. Um, I hit up KV first. Um, who is a mutual friend of ours, and he was all, yeah, yeah. He's worse than powwow as far as like <laughs> getting back to you on a schedule. This dude was like, and he, I still plan on having him on. Well, he's still on the books. I'm gonna text him every fucking day till I figure it out. <laughs> It'll be like, oh yeah, the tomorrow, tomorrow for sure. And then you text him that you know the, when tomorrow gets here, he's like, oh no, I mean I go to work at three thirty, and I'm like, well I get off work at four. So, uh, what about the next day? Well, I'll I'll get back to you in a minute. I have to wait, you know, I text him that day. <laughs> oh, see, I'm going to city today to train. Oh, yeah, he's an MMA fighter. So he's, he's like just real fucking busy. And I'm like, cool. But he hit me up out of the blue saying, hey, we need to hang out. So, you know, he needs a fucking follow through. So, KV, if you're listening, I don't believe you are. But if you are, get that out there to him. Um, let's see. A few things mean you have to come. You really like the office and comedy shows, basically, <clears throat> right? So, like, yeah. Uh, I love The Office. The Office is my favorite thing in the world. I still, I'm right now in season eight. You know, that's always the tough one. But also, this is what happens to me every time. And I've explained this multiple times on this podcast because I get there again, you know, is I I get to a Goodbye Michael and I just sit there and I don't watch it for like a week. Right? I take like a week break from The Office because I refuse to watch that one. And then I watch it. What happened this last time was I come in the room, my wife just clicked it. I go, what? What? She goes, oh, I thought you'd want to watch The Office. And I was like, fuck, all right, here we go. Watching Goodbye Michael, I guess. And uh, <laughs> so it was real emotional. But you get through it. And season eight is fucking good. It's so good. Yes, it is. But when you're watching the earlier seasons, your brain is like, they're shitty. Because Michael's the best. Right? And you just are like, those are shitty. The last two seasons are shit. But when you actually get there and watch them, at least season eight. Season nine, I hate what they do with Andy. And Andy's so, so annoying. But... Season eight is so good, and Robert California fucking kills it, man. He just does. So uh, I want to shout that out because you're here, and uh, that's my thoughts on The Office lately. We, and I will uh, just keep watching it. We just finished it again, so we're back to the. It's every <laughs> night we just go in and watch it. Right, yeah. dude. The Office is the best. Um, another show, TV show lately, I really like is John Oliver, and I just haven't brought it up a while on the podcast, so I feel like I need to. I fucking love John Oliver. I feel like it's. 
It's not better than like the Colbert Report or the Daily Show was back in the day with Jon Stewart. But I like the way he has a week to do it. He doesn't take himself as serious as those shows. And a lot of people could say he's like liberal or whatever, but like some week it'll be all about Brexit, right? Because he's from England. Like he's not going after fucking Trump every week or anything. Like, but he's so fucking funny. In his last week's episode from when we're recording this is about robocalls. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck yeah. How can not everyone get on board to fuck these robocalls, right? I hate them. And especially because they've been going up lately and he explains why, you know, and all that. And anyway, if you have HBO, I would assume you already watched John Oliver, but if not, you should. And then also, if you don't have HBO, you should get HBO, regardless of how it is, because it is the best value for money you will spend on viewing entertainment, in my opinion. Oh, another fucking huge thing that I have not brought up, and you're here, and you're like, well, the only other person I know in real life that likes the show crashing. Yeah. So how fucking sad is it that it's canceled? I hate it, man. I know. It was like two days before the finale came out p holmes was on twitter and he was like by the way we didn't get picked up for season four we're not mad you know where it wraps up well blah blah and i was fucking pissed all day i was like my wife's like what's wrong with you i'm like they canceled crashing it's the best fucking show maybe maybe someone else will pick it up that doesn't happen with netflix or with hbo though like that's like a network tv thing and because hbo would own it guaranteed they own that shit whereas it's not like a production company owns it um but I think it'll be fine. Pete Holmes, I'm sure, will go do a movie with Judd Apatow now or you know, something. Hopefully uh, he does more because like, I loved Crashing. Man, like, it's great. It was like a highlight of my week these last <laughs> eight weeks. I was, I was like, oh, shit, and yes. And now Barry's about to come on. I love Barry. So I won't be like super sad or anything. Game of Thrones also. Uh, the fucking world's getting so pumped for that. And me, uh, I will, I'll go to the Ringers website a lot, and they're all they're doing this deep dive into the old Game of Thrones things. So there's a lot of like, hey, what happened to this thing that happened in episode whatever of season two? And I'm like, oh yeah, they never wrapped that up. So I'm more of like looking for holes in the ways they're fucking up. So I just think I'm going into this gonna be disappointed. So <laughs> I'm just gonna call that out from the start as well. Hey, back to HBO. Yes, True Detective. Have you ever watched that? Uh, yeah. Season one's one of the best. Season one, one of the best things you ever watch in your life. Freaking unbelievable! Uh, Matthew Whitney. McConaughey's character is one of my favorite characters in anything. Oh yeah, and he has this whole uh, spiel on church that's like one hundred percent just the way I believe in my day to day life. And I have that quote uh, on a Facebook memory that just came up like a week ago, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, I love that quote." Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, True Detective is great. I tried season two. Season two is. Eh. But I and heard then, season three is awesome. I've also heard season three is really good. Um, <clears throat> Fargo, if anyone likes True Detective, Fargo I think is like the most underrated, no one fucking watches it show. I know its fourth season is going to come out soon with Chris Rock, and I'm like, oh my God, it's going to be amazing. And I didn't watch season three, and so that makes me a hypocrite. Uh, I will go back and watch it. Season two is so good of Fargo that, I mean, I just have to throw that out there as well. Um, now to get away from TV... Uh, the other thing that I know about you is you're the biggest Brown Cleveland Browns fan I know. Yeah, lifelong Browns fan since 2018 draft night 2018. So right, Baker Mayfield doing shit. So um, basically, what's happened in the last couple of days is, uh, and I know it'll be old news by the time the second podcast comes out, but the Browns got OBJ, OBJ. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., and then didn't they get somebody? And then. They already signed Kareem Hunt. Uh, right, and they got Kareem Hunt. So people, I mean, just the OBJ thing is a big enough deal. I mean, it just is. And then they have 
Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry. I didn't realize they were teammates at LSU. Um, and high school. They were high school teammates, too. That is crazy. Because, honestly, my thought at first was, well, why'd they just get another guy that plays just like Jarvis Landry? Because Jarvis Landry's like Odell Beckham, but on a better contract. Like, they have very similar skill sets. Yeah. They have the same. So, I was like, that's fucking weird. Um, to Normally, you want, like, a tall guy and a short guy, right? Yeah. You don't want, like, two short fucking receivers. Um, and I will say, I hate OBJ. Not like, <laughs> I think he's okay. He made a good one-handed catch his rookie year or whatever, and then all of a sudden he became a fucking superstar. He didn't earn that shit, in my opinion, right? He just didn't. <laughs> he has blonde hair that all the kids copy, and all of a sudden he's a fucking star. I never enjoyed him on the Giants. Now, maybe it's all right. Maybe it is all because Eli's so shit that he was holding him down, right? But I just didn't like anyone bitching when I'm like, well, where's your numbers, bro? So, anyway, that's... I, I don't enjoy the trade because I yeah. want to like the Browns because I want to like Baker Mayfield because he seems cool from the hard knocks I watched. But I don't like this as far as the personality. But Well, you know, him and OBJ have been working out like for like a month. Uh, so they were scheming this. I see. I think they uh, Baker wanted to go out there and get him. So. Right. Well, the Johns got fleeced. I mean, the, the Browns made a good deal. I'm not saying they didn't, <laughs> but I just don't like him. John Dorsey, man. And then other football news, like Antonio Brown went to the Raiders. That's like the other big thing. That what about happened. for your team, man? I don't. You got a quarterback, a Super Bowl MVP quarterback. I don't like Nick you, Foles. You paid him $88 him. million dollars for four years. I'm going to say right now, and I don't care if I'm wrong. Uh, I don't think, I don't like it. I don't think you should ever pay a quarterback that much money. The only veteran quarterback that's successful in the NFL is the one who takes a pay cut named Tom Brady because his fucking supermodel wife has so much money it don't fucking matter. All the rest of them that make that much money don't do shit. Matt Stafford gets paid a lot of money. What the fuck <laughs> lines do? Like, I hate it. I think you just get a fucking rookie on a rookie contract and roll the dots. Now, well, I wouldn't last week, I think it was, or two weeks ago, I went on this big thing about Big Dick Nick. Apparently has a big dick, and that big dick energy <laughs> could be good for the locker room. So I'm not, like, completely against it. It could work out, but... There's a reason I think a fucking rookie started over him, and then a rook that fucking rookie the next year after injury came back and started over him again. And then for Jacksonville to be like, oh, yeah, that's what we want. I don't know. Now, Jacksonville has, have always had shitty quarterbacks since Mark Brunel. Um, I like Mark Brunel, but since then, it's been pretty shit. I'm not excited. That's all I'm going to say. But then again, I'm, I've been out of the NFL for a while. So this is just – You haven't just, been watching it at all? Uh, I'll kind of, I mean, I have a fantasy football team, so I have to like know of the stats, but I don't normally watch much. I watched a few Jacksonville games here and there, uh, but they're ruining it in my opinion. <laughs> any, any goodwill they had going on. I thought uh, that that might be a landing spot for Kyler Murray. <clears throat> well, I was hoping, uh, that the Cardinals drafted Kyler Murray and then Josh Rosen got traded to Jacksonville. Cause I'm like, okay, let's take that second year guy. Like that's a way cooler deal, but no, it's not going to happen. So, uh, Dom who's on the podcast is a huge New York Giants fan. So next time he comes on and he's a huge, uh, OBJ fan. So I'm going to have to ask him how he feels about this. I'll try to remember. Um, but I know you're probably pretty excited for the Browns. Oh yeah. Like think they'll do well. Maybe actually, I'm trying to think in their division. So they should be favored in their division, right? Because they're going to be better Steelers, than Steelers, Baltimore, and Cincinnati. So yeah, they might be favored. So it could be a good year. Uh, I saw I saw a bunch of the smart people, analysts, aka smart right. people, uh, say that they thought 
the Browns will win the division and they would be like 10 and 6 or 11 and 5. And then the Steelers would be in second, like 9 and whatever that is. Take a guess of what Jacksonville was predicted to have next se- their next season at this time last year. Because they were predicted to go year? to the Super Bowl at this time last year. What? So I just wouldn't care about analytics and uh, what the experts say in March. Because it really – NFL teams like – Okay. The one thing I'll say about NFL over the NBA is it's more unpredictable. Like you go into the season being like, this team's going to be real good this year. And then like halfway through the season, you're like, that's the worst fucking team in the NFL. <laughs> and they have the same guys they okay. had the year before. Okay. So two years ago, Jacksonville – Played for the AFC Championship. Correct. And ended up like getting beat in the second half, right? They were Correct. ahead? Yes. Okay, would Nick Foles have beat the Patriots over Blake Bortles? If they had Nick Foles at that time on the contract he's currently on, they could not have signed Calias Campbell, who led the NFL in sacks that year and was the reason they were at that place. So they probably wouldn't even been there. <laughs> you needed the shit contract of Blake Bortles, and then his sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So I get the whole arguments. Maybe they'll come out and Nick Foles will be lighting up. But guess what? Jacksonville doesn't have an offensive minded coach ever. Like, that's just not what they do. So I would love to see the plays they're going to draw up for Nick Foles in the system. So someone was ragging on him and said that uh, the reason why, what's his name? Doug. Who's the Eagles coach? Uh, Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson. The reason why he chose Carson Wentz is because Carson Wentz's mind is better and his playbook is like four inches thick. And Carson Wentz knew all the plays where Nick Foles has trouble and he had to only use like one inch of plays whenever yeah. Nick Foles was in there. So, bigger dick, smaller playbook. What you're saying. <laughs> Maybe that means you Inside have a small brain. Inside small information. brain. No, okay. Um. All right, I feel like... We might as well get on. Well, one more thing I'll bring up to you. Because, again, you like comedy TV shows. I saw a new show. At this moment, it's last night. By the time this comes out, I'm sure I'll be finished with it. Um, <laughs> Ricky Gervais has a new show on Netflix. Now, Ricky Gervais, any show he has on Netflix, is he has the one where he's like the orderly who's kind of like mentally challenged. Yeah. Fuck, what's the name of that movie? I can't remember. Or that show. It's just one name, isn't yeah, it? It is. It's just oh. his name, whatever his fucking name is. Anyway. Jimmy or Billy or something like <laughs> what that. What the fuck it's, his name is. Yeah. It's Derek. It's so good, but it's sad. It's like Ricky Gervais has this way of like, you'll laugh, laugh, and then you're like, is this fucker going to make me cry? Because I don't fucking cry when I watch shit. But I, <laughs> like, parenthood <laughs> is the only thing that'll get me like fucking about to tear up because parenthood's a fucking good ass show. Everyone <laughs> watch that shit too. Um, but Ricky Gervais's new show is called Afterlife. And for anyone that hasn't watched it or whatever, and you do watch it, in the first two minutes, they do such an expert job of laying out an hour's worth of information that other shows would do. Like, I don't know. He's whoever fucking created it. Like, it's basically him watching a video of his wife who you can tell she's had chemo. She has a little thing, right? And she's like, don't forget, you got to do this, this, and this, and don't forget to feed the dog. And he's just so clear. She's leaving like, I'm dying. Here, husband, this is the shit you need to know. Like, and you get it all instantly. And you're like, and I turn off and I go, that's so crazy. Because so many shows do like a... Hello, my name is so and so, and this is my life. You're out there, like actually, literally yeah. tell you all this shit, and like the shit this show accomplished. If with like, I don't know, it was just so like. So from the beginning, I was in. Right? It's afterlife, right? Afterlife, yes. And so I was uh, really amazed by then, and I was like, "Well, it's Ricky Gervais, so it's gonna be funny." And then it's like his awkward funny, like the way you know the original offices and shit. Like 
it's just fun. Like I shared a meme today, and it's gonna be probably the fun, the favorite joke from the uh, show. There's this little chubby red haired kid that calls Ricky Gervais a pedo because that's what they say in England as he's walking by a park and he goes, I'm not a pedo. And if I was, you little ginger cunt wouldn't have to worry about it. Like, call me kid <laughs> like ugly. It's so funny because he calls his kid ugly and fat and you don't get that in shows these days. Um, so anyway, I really enjoyed it. We watched the first two episodes last night and I was like, fuck yeah, this show's amazing. I bet it's going to go super fast. I bet there's going to be some sad stuff in it. You know, it already is. Like, oh, and his whole premise is he tells his boss who's like his dead wife's brother you know i, I want to kill myself every day so every day i don't it's a bonus but he's like so he's like always depressed and everyone's worried about him and he's kind of just i don't know going through life yeah. it's a weird i'll watch it I'll watch dark it. funny show so want to bring that one up all right so if you have any questions suggestions or corrections please email us at a podcast with mo that is a p-o-d-c-a-s-t w-i-t-h-m-o at gmail.com perfect boom all right our top five list this week and we don't really do one every week so uh our top five list today i guess i'll say every time taylor comes on you do one it seems like yeah for the most part (laughs) Um, we're doing like our top five favorite '90s live action movies when we were in elementary school. So I think I put enough. So so that'd be made in the '90s. We were in elementary school is what our enjoyment level is based. And what else am I missing here? Oh, live action can't be a cartoon. Okay, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, in real life or whatever, real yeah. people, real people, comedies though. Yeah, all okay. of ours are are comedies. Yeah. Um. I don't even think comedies. I don't know if it was necessarily sad, but it was. It's going to be all comedy. So anyway, um, that's where we're going at. So this was a really hard list because for me, this would be the age, the years of like ninety three to ninety nine. You know, for me in elementary school or whatever. I think I was maybe in two thousand elementary school still, uh, the way my school worked. Um, but a lot of the younger stuff I didn't care about. So like I enjoyed Drop Dead Fred when I was like four. And five years old, I don't give a fuck about putting that on the list. I was like, that movie sucked by the time all this other <laughs> shit came out. So, um, weird list, but I think uh, they all hold up pretty well now. So, anyway, what is your number five? Number five for me, I was the same way. I always uh, probably was introduced to stuff by my crazy parents right. earlier than I should have. So, American Pie is number five. Okay. Love See, it. I was going to put it there. It would have came out when I was in sixth grade, which nah. is elementary for me, but for a lot of schools isn't, so I didn't count that one. Uh, I do love American Pie. It was like we were raised on that. Oh, yeah. It basically taught me that eating vagina was important. <laughs> like, he found the book, and the book told him. Like, warm apple pie. Yeah, and then you're always like, I got to fuck a pie. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Love it, yeah. I do like American Pie. Jason Biggs is just—it's funny to me because he's—I, I, I kind of—I guess like even growing up, I was kind of the nerdy jock, and that's right. kind of the a little bit of the role. I don't think he plays sports, but he right. hangs out with the the jocks and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. And he jacks off in every role he's in. True. It's for whatever reason I think it happens. Uh, Eugene Levy was a big deal in the in those movies as yeah. well. Uh, I even enjoy all the spinoffs that came out later in life, like Me and Powell in college. American Pie Beta House is like one of our favorite like friend movies where we watch it 
or used to watch it all the time. And it was written by someone who's in the same fraternity as us, and that's why the colors are the same and all that. So, um, but yeah, American Pie, super dope. Um, my number five is going to be a little earlier. I remember seeing this in the che- you were from Marlowe, correct? Yeah. So you're familiar with the Duncan Cheap Theaters? Yeah. Awesome. So there's this town called On Duncan Main Street in uh, Oklahoma. And they have the normal movie theater, and then they have a cheap movie theater. They're like, after it left the movies for like a month, it would show up at this like $1 theater for like a dollar for tickets. And I remember seeing this there, which was The Mask. Now, I had to debate long and hard because I love Jim Carrey, but I love a lot of shit when I was in elementary school. So I was like, I'm only putting one Jim Carrey movie. Which one's it going to be? I debate. There's so many fucking good ones. Ace Venture is my favorite. Ace the Ventura first one. 2, I actually prefer more because I, I preferred it more when I was a kid. I think Ace Ventura 1's a better movie. But anyway, um, The Mask, I just remember the excitement I have to go see it in theaters. Um, whereas in, I think Ace Ventura's, both of those I just had the, you know, on VHS or whatever. So I remember going to see in The Mask. Um, all the jokes I cracked up at, even if I didn't fucking get it, right? You're just like, like he's fucking referencing like Dirty Harry that I've never seen at that age. But I'm just like cracking my little ass up in the theater, like, ah, oh, Jim Carrey with his green face. Uh, and Cameron Diaz, she was hot, was in the movie, right? I think it's one of her early, early roles. And anyway, I just fucking love the mask. I think the whole idea is cool. I always wanted the sequel with the dog, Rags for a little kid to see that part at the end. You're like, oh, they're doing another one. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I just. I really enjoyed it. It was at the height of Jim Carrey mania. It was probably like after this, he kind of started falling off, I guess, or whatever. But yeah. fucking love the mask. So that's my number five. What is your number four? Tommy Boy. All right. We got to save that one because that one's coming up later on my list. Ah, uh, okay. I mean, as, uh, you know, chubby kids, that was just the shit. <laughs> um, my number four, I'm going with Austin Powers. Okay. Great. Great movie. I remember it. Uh, the first one, right? Correct. The first Austin Powers. Um, none of my friends that I knew of, unless like they secretly loved Austin Powers and didn't tell me, knew of the movie, right? And I remember it like it was yesterday for whatever reason. You know, you go to Walmart and you go to the bins and they just have like the $5 movies. And Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me, was in there. I got that and I got Revenge of the Nerds 1. Revenge of the Nerds 1 would have been on this list, but it was made in the 80s. And it's fucking really ups rape. Like, rape and sexual assault are, like, front and center, not a bad thing in that movie. Um, so it makes you kind of rethink about it now, but beside the point. Um, Austin Powers watched that, and I was like, this movie is hilarious. And none of my friends had, you know, knew of it or anything. And then, you know, of course, they all watched it. And by the time Austin Powers 2 came out, we all went and saw it in theaters and everything. But it was just uh, one of those, like, random finds, put it in the VCR, and you're like, holy shit, this movie's so funny. And then uh, I love everything about Dr. Evil, even, like, a song I recorded within the last week, I have a line on a song that'll be on the it was on the music episode last Friday of mine. I have a line about Doctor Evil. Like I fucking, I've just always loved Austin Powers. One million dollars. I just fucking love it. Um, almost, I won't say once a week. Like once a month, I probably do the a duck a duck a duck a duck a duck a duck a, <laughs> and then every time my wife goes, "What's that from?" I'm like Doctor Evil doing the Macarena. Cause I go, "I'm cool. I'm hip." A duck, a duck, a duck. I just fucking love it. Um, honestly, the second and third one are great too, but these are just single movies. So, yeah. uh, great fucking trilogy. But I'm going to go Austin Powers, Spy Who Shagged Me is my number four. So, what is your number three? So, I'm going to ruin it for everybody. 
Adam Sandler's in all my top three. So okay, Billy Madison. Right. It was really hard. I couldn't decide, but I, I told Mo I texted him today and was like, "Hey, I'm having a hard time with this. It's hard. It is hard." I said, "Just go with your gut and then don't look back." Yeah, that's exactly how I made yep. mine. Uh, Billy Madison was great at the time. Uh, I pro- personally prefer the next two Adam Sandler movies. I don't know if they're on your list. Probably the next three he made. Like Billy Madison, probably my fourth favorite Adam Sandler movie. Right? If I'm trying to piece together in my head. Um, so I do like it. A lot of people do love it. That's their favorite. Like it I has like Chris the, Farley. Oh yeah. It has the whole uh the triathlon bit at the end that mimics something that'll be a my favorite, my number one movie. Uh maybe that mimics it. Either way. Uh but yeah, Billy Madison's a big fucking deal. Yeah, I loved it. Probably my fifth, Had, maybe uh, sixth favorite. I don't know. We're gonna have top five Adam Sandler movies, I guess, next time. Yeah, we can. Figure it out. Uh any more thoughts on it you gotta bring up? Oh, just the hit list and how they do like Jeopardy. It's funny, man. Right. I don't know. Uh, my number three, since I now know your top three are of Adam Sandler, I won't be repeated here, is going to be Son-in-Law. Okay. Son-in-Law was a really cool big deal for me because my dad liked it and I liked it, right? My dad's country and I'm not. That's a Polly Shore. Right. Any- so the premise of Son-in-Law is um, the woman who is the mother in The Haunting of Hill House, <laughs> if anyone's watching on Netflix. Uh, <clears throat> she is also Vincent Chase's female agent when he fires Ari and Entourage, that woman. Uh, she goes to California to go to college. And while there, meets Polly Shore's crazy ass. She was like <laughs> his little like, schnizzin' the weasel, you know, that whole thing. And then they become friends and then for Thanksgiving, so very quickly, and now that I've been to college, I'm like, that ain't no time. I know fucking nobody by Thanksgiving. I mean, I did, but not really. But by Thanksgiving, he flies home with her um, to spend Thanksgiving with her. And then somehow in there, oh, yeah, her high school boyfriend's going to propose to her. So she makes, they're like, she, lie yeah, she doesn't and say work. that they're already engaged, Polly Shore and her. And it's a whole fucking uh shenanigan yeah. thing and he fucking plows his name in a field while listening to john denver <laughs> but again it was such a big deal because it's like country but it has the poly short angle right so for me at the time i could watch it and laugh my dad was like oh look at this funny guy in this country settings my dad's kind of country-ish and um it was just a good movie that I always, even now, if it's on CMT, because they show that shit forever. <laughs> so if I'm like at my parents' house and CMT's on, I'm like, fuck it, we're watching Son in Law, I guess. So uh, I'm a big fan. So it might even should be higher, but I put it at number three. It's where I settled. Okay. So what is your number two? Big Daddy. Okay. Big Daddy, man. Like, so whenever I thought about this, I'm just like, what are the movies I could not take out of the VCR? Right. And these three were like, I just played them over and over and over again. I probably burned them up. I bet my mom had to buy me extra copies of them. So. Right. I mean, it was it is my favorite Adam Sandler movie for sure. So that's kind of kind of real in our top five was if we ever do one for that. But uh, I love Big Daddy. So yeah, no, it's a lot more real than his other movies. Yeah. Uh, a little more serious. It's like, yeah, it's, it gets really serious and he John grows Stewart's up. in it, and I love John Stewart. So that goes a long way. He's a shit actor. But. Old wrinkly <laughs> balls. And then it, I want to say Judd Apatow directed that movie uh, way before Judd Apatow, you know, blew up. And Heather Graham is the one who plays the Hooters waitress, and that's his wife. What's his five-year plan? Not to die. <laughs> right. Uh, 
yeah, Big Daddy's a fucking great one. And the whole I want my own ass thing, putting the newspaper on milk. It just left a lot of like things that still stick stick around. Oh yeah, if you will, Scuba Steve, Scuba Steve, definitely big deal. He pop, he anonymous. Damn you, you give him all the easy ones. I love it. So well, I always find it strange. I don't know what Rob Schneider's ethnicity is, but he does play minorities in like everything, <laughs> and I don't think he is a minority. Uh, so I don't think any of that get, get is cool these days. But it's it was fun as fuck then. Uh, all right, my number two is the one that you had earlier as your number four, which is Tommy Boy, mainly because I loved Chris Farley as a kid. Like I lost yeah. Chris Farley because I looked kind of like him, you know, as a child because I was fat and had like uh, blonde colored hair. And uh, he was really funny. And Tommy Boy, to me, is the best Chris Farley movie. Yeah. I mean, you could argue with some other ones, sure. But I fucking love Tommy Boy. I think Black Sheep's a knockoff Tommy Boy. That's how I feel about that one, if anyone yeah. wants to wonder. Uh, David Spade's great in it as well. Like, now as an adult watching it, David Spade's might be funnier than Chris He's Farley. He's super hilarious. Yeah. Uh, like, in that role, you know, because, yeah. like, you see it from he's the adult, right? In this yeah. scenario, and you're like, oh my God. But as a kid, you're just like, yeah, Chris Farley. Like, you're just all cheering for him, right? And then the premise is so simple that it's all easy to follow, right? It's like, gotta sell the fucking mufflers or oil filters, whatever the fuck it, it is. is. Brake pads. Sorry, that's exactly what it is. Brake pads. And then he does the whole biscuit scene or the roll. He's like, you know, I love it. I want to pat it, and then I rip it all up. <laughs> I just, uh, I fucking love Tommy Boy. It was pro- that might be my most watched movie uh, in elementary school. I do have one higher than it, but I didn't. Uh, I own Tommy Boy. I didn't own the one that's number one. So oh, okay. That, I think that'd be the difference. But Tommy Boy, uh, yeah, it's like my spirit animal of movies. It's good. That makes sense. All right, what do you have as your number one? Number one, Happy Gilmore. Love it. Yeah. I think probably grew up as a little kid going to the golf course with my dad. So that was fun. And then just the crazy, stupid stuff he does and, you know, takes the baseballs in the chest and, you know, like (laughs) kills the alligator and like dives down and finds his golf ball. I mean, it's just crazy stuff. And it was funny. The uh, in between between uh, Billy Madison and like Big Daddy, like just the way it's a little. Little more real than Billy Madison, right? But still kind of crazy. Has <laughs> his crazy moments. Uh, to me, it was really just that was my only connection to golf because I didn't fucking play golf or whatever until I was in like junior high or high school. I went out and played with some friends. And I was like, this is kind of fucking boring. <laughs> like, can you smoke pot out here? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I didn't smoke pot in junior high, but Happy Gilmore was super fucking funny. Um, and every time you would go to like a putt putt range or go golf and you would try to do the happy Gilmore shot. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I always find real funny. And then how like not knowing how crazy it is that he one shot at a par four or whatever. And you're like, yeah. what's I don't get why that's good. Well, I, I, knew, I didn't care I knew shit it was about good. I knew it was I good. I just didn't but. know anything about golf, right? But I mean they make it set up that it's now the best part of Happy Gilmore that we've left out is that it has one of the best comedy villains. Yeah. With Shooter, Shooter McGavin. McGavin. So Shooter McGavin is really what makes the movie, honestly. Probably more so than I'm saying. Because I mean I'm sorry it's good, but he plays like a straight guy that gets with anger problems, which becomes his kind of crutch from that point forward. Um but Shooter McGavin is just so great that even now you think of him as Shooter McGavin. Oh, yeah. Like, he was in... I love Stargate. I bring that up all the time on this shit. And Stargate Universe, uh, he's in the first... The pilot episode of that. And the whole time, <laughs> you're like, hey, fucking Shooter McGavin. <laughs> like, he's what you call him. I don't even... What is his name? I don't fucking clue. He's Shooter McGavin to me. Yeah. I mean, 
Or there's that picture of him and uh, Tiger Woods, and it's like, hey, it's the greatest golfer and Tiger Woods together. <laughs> I always found that meme pretty funny. Um, all right. My number one movie is the best movie that was made in the 90s for fat kids um, in elementary school, which is the movie Heavyweights. Oh, I love it. So Heavyweights, uh, I don't have a clue what that fucking kid went on to do or if he's anything else. He was in the original Mighty Ducks, the first one. He is not in Mighty Ducks 2, the main kid from Heavyweights. Um, Keenan Thompson is in Mighty Ducks 2, and he's also in Heavyweights. But they were not in Mighty Ducks together. Always found that fun. Goldberg, also in this movie from Mighty Ducks. Uh, so anyway, fat kids go to camp. It used to be a camp where everything was fucking fun, and the fat kids just hung out with other fat kids and enjoyed it, and it was all good time. We rode go-karts and shit. But then, on this year, when this fat kid goes at the main character, Ben Stiller, and his, I'll put money on this on, or I guess I can't put money, it's an opinion. I just think that's the best Ben Stiller role ever. I just think Heavyweights is the best thing Ben Stiller's ever done. And he's Tony Perkins, and he comes in, he's like all about Perkinsizing, yeah. <laughs> and it's all about, he's going to get these fat kids in shape, which, sure, is honestly a noble goal. Like, now, as an adult, you'd be like, of course you should do that. But then as a fat kid, you're like, ooh, fuck this dude. Fuck <laughs> this dude from the get. And then you realize he's a psychopath, and he's like fucking crazy. Um, and it's just a fucking great movie. They get all their fucking candy stash taken away. And then at the end, they basically do the Billy Madison decathlon, but against the camp of jocks. And yeah. uh, it's fucking great. If you haven't watched Heavyweights um, and you live in the town I live in, I own it on DVD, just so anyone who needs to borrow that. Uh, but Heavyweights is the best, one of the best Disney movies ever, and it just never gets talked about ever. And I think it may be on Netflix right now, too. Oh, that'd be awesome. Uh, something me and Pow Wow. Like, we always installed the buddy system because of that movie. Like, so pledges. I'm sure when you pledged, I'm sure we did it. Where it's yeah. like, you have a buddy, and we go, buddy. <laughs> and that's all from that movie. Um, man, I fucking just love Heavyweights. It's Heavyweights nice. is really good. I mean, I didn't make an honorable mention list because I just had it was so hard to make my top five, even. Right. So, um, oh, I that would definitely mentions. be honorable mention, um, at, like a few of yours. I mean, I love them all. Right. Um, some honorable mentions here. I know it's not technically like a comedy, but Forrest Gump was a movie that you watched even in elementary school, and it made you feel smart. Like, I like this movie. You know, it's a good drama, dramatic movie. Like you would, It just so, made you feel like it was uh, you were cool for liking it, but everyone likes it. Like, there's not anyone on Earth that doesn't fucking like Forrest Gump. I, it would be my probably favorite movie of all time, Forrest Gump would be. so. The only thing I, I have against... It wasn't funny. I don't have nothing though. against Forrest Gump, necessarily, but the Today? idea that people... Because I remember as well watching it, and you're like, hey, fucking Ginny should have given Forrest a chance, right? You think that the whole time. <laughs> but then you're like, really stop, and you're like, he is a mentally challenged man, and she is a drug addict. Like, if anything, she's doing him a favor. And if it was the other way around, if there's like a movie about like a guy who wants to be a rock star and doing a bunch of drugs and a mentally challenged girl, and that guy got with that girl, people would be like... Yeah, that's Crucify. fucking out of line. I mean, but yeah, in that movie, no one even thinks about that part because you're just like, good job for us. You got laid. Right? Like, it's just weird the way the gender's reversed. I know. think that movie would be made after 2010. Like, you take, I mean, it would, it would have ruined Tom Hanks' career if he would have made that movie today. Right. I honestly think it would have. Where it, like, propelled him. I mean, I guess he did a couple other big roles before that. Right. 
I mean, it was, it was a definitely a right time sort of thing because, yeah. like, by the time we mentioned Ben Stiller earlier, like, Tropic Thunder comes out, that's the joke is you can't go full retard, right? Mm-hmm. And, but he done it to win an Oscar, right? Ben Stiller, <laughs> it's like, I get it. You know what you're saying. Um, other ones, this, again, is a comedy but not The Truman Show. That's Another good. great Jim Carrey show. Like, that's like a one now I love from yeah. then. Uh, cool Runnings. Cool definitely runnings. one of my favorite shit in elementary school. Jamaican bobsled team. Uh, D2, the Mighty Ducks. I have to shout that out. Um, Biodome and Encino Man. Other two great Pauly Shore movies. I'm a big Pauly Shore yeah. uh, fan from that era. Um, so I want to shout those out. And then Dumb and Dumber. Probably another, besides we mentioned Ace Ventura earlier, another great Jim Carrey shit from then. The Big Green. I love the big green, which is like a soccer ship. What's the redheaded kid's name? Uh, Sean something. Yeah, but he was eventually in, uh, or he was also in Son of Law. And then again, not really a comedy, but has Robin Williams, which is Hook. Hook. I loved Hook as a kid. Well, I was going to almost put Flubber as a uh, honorable mention. I love Flubber. I don't know why. I've been trying to work it into rap lines, or I've tried in the past because it's green and it makes you fly. I feel like there's a lot of – there's something there you can really work with on Flubber, but people it doesn't – it doesn't sound cool. You know, but Flubber, I remember when it came out, I guess I would say I was slightly disappointed at the time because I wanted it to be cooler than it was, I guess. Yeah. But it wasn't bad, whatever hindsight. Um, all right, man, I think that's my list there. Anything else we need to bring up before you get out of here? I don't know. I went to uh, the Capitol this week, uh, the Oklahoma State Capitol, hung out with some lobbyists. Well, how'd that go? It was good, man. Kind of opened my eyes. I always thought lobbyist was just like a terrible word, but there are some that are actually really trying to help out, not just get their company rich or something. So Right. Well, to me, and I know this is a jaded view, almost all politics are people just with their own personal gain in mind. And oh, yeah. Like everyone is. So it's like... For instance, I have a friend who's a pharmacist now, and all he's doing for the last month is like, you know, don't vote for this bill, blah, 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 because it's going to ruin your relationship to get your pill. And he acts like everyone else is the victims. And I'm like, to me, it's pretty obvious this is going to fuck you over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think And I'm not saying that's wrong for you to care, but it's like quit acting like, oh, no, no, this is all for y'all guys. And I don't know. It always rubs me the wrong way. I kind of feel like the last, back in November, this uh, glasses bill that they had where like optometrists could set up in Walmart. Right. All the, I never saw any other signs uh, except for outside of optometrist office. So, right. But it's still lost though. So they did a good job because they said, Walmart's going to tell your doctor how to fix your eyes. Now, I think there is a lot of shit to be said of, uh, should doctor's office be in Walmart, in a normal Walmart sort of front store part? In, in Texas, there's doctor's offices in every Walmart you go to. That's crazy. Now, there's another grocery store in town here that has a pharmacy or doctor's yeah. office attached to it. Both, yeah. Pharmacy and doctor's office. So, like, yeah, and people don't act like that's a weird at all. So it is strange. Just, we all hate Walmart. And we should. <laughs> when we should. Because, uh, I don't know if this is because of, but my grandmother used to work at Walmart like my whole life until she retired. And she used to get like stock options and shit, right? Yeah. Because Sam Walton was like... A, a fucking G, and she like remembers him fondly. And then she's like, the day it went to his children, everything changed. They slashed hours, cut time, no vacation, no. and you know they're all money hungry, greedy bastards. So I'm like, yeah, fuck Walmart. Kind of thing about. It. Oh, there was one more thing I want to talk to you about because I think I brought it up uh, the last time you were here. 
about taxes and how people bitch how we don't teach taxes in school. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, they do in elementary school, guys. It's really just adding and subtracting and yeah. percentages. Uh, but I've seen another one, you know, recently. It's like we should teach kids and, you know, in school, there should be a class they have to take that teaches them how to do taxes and how to take care of a house and how to all this shit that I'm like, home ec does fucking half of that. If y'all knew what it was, but the only thing call it home ec anymore. Family and consumer sciences. Well, yeah, I mean, I was vice president of it, so <laughs> I'm pretty aware. Uh, but my whole point is the people – and I could be wrong here. The people that are not good at taxes right now probably weren't good students in high school. Maybe not 100%, but I bet there's like a pretty good Venn diagram. So now you're like, let's go back and teach a class because that's what students love is learning shit in classes – and you're, they're just going to retain all the knowledge for fucking 12 years after that when they're like, oh, I got to do fucking taxes. No, they're not going to fucking pay attention because they don't pay attention now to anything. The shit students is what I'm yeah. – some kids are going to pay attention. They're going to know. But those kids are going to know how to do taxes anyway because they're not fucking idiots. So I'm just like, you can only do so much, right? You can only lead a horse to water. Or, or you could just like hire a CPA. You could. Like, I still haven't done my taxes. I'm going to do them this next week. So I'm, or the week this comes out, I'm off work for spring break. And I went to do my taxes, and I owed a lot of money in taxes to the state of Oklahoma, but not federally. And I'm like, I might have fucked up. I'm going to redo this. And so I just haven't went back and checked on it. But I don't really have money, and I'm just like, God damn it, this state is so shitty that someone poor like me is considered not poor. And then I'm going to have to pay fucking money in. This is goddamn bullshit. Everyone and it's really ha- Everyone has to pay, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what they say. Uh, I just wish we could just tax the super rich. <laughs> so I think that's the key. Uh, the guy at my work got mad today because I said I identify more as liberal than conservative, even though I said, I go, dude, I'm going to vote libertarian probably on everything, uh, like president-wise, because I just believe in a third-party option. And I was like, but if you had to like pressure me, it's normally really hard for me to get behind conservatives because they bring the Bible up as their reason too much, and I need logic. And I'm not saying the Democrats always make sense, but at least they try to explain some shit. <laughs> I was like, when I get to because the Bible says so, I, I just I can't hear that as a, all right, I'll vote for that guy. So I have a lot of problems in this state, as you can see, voting for anyone, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, fucking taxes, man. Man, I just... People always want to blame someone else. That's our problem today. Well, they didn't teach me this, so. It, I've seen this post the other day, and I've been thinking about it ever since, because you don't have kids uh, or, any, or kid or anything yet. But it said more or less like, you know, I never want to be that parent that my kid's afraid to tell me stuff because they are scared to be punished, more or less, right? Like, I want to be the mom that they bring their problems to because I'll have their back no matter what. And I'm like, that sounds great in theory. That's why everyone sucks. All the kids suck because they say whatever the fuck they want in school or they don't do shit and they know you as a parent going to come to school and take have their back regardless. You know what I had? Fear. I had fear <laughs> every day or like dread that I was going to disappoint my parents and I was going to fuck up. And I'm not saying that's healthy, but you know what I got? Good fucking grades. Yeah. I wasn't fucking in class like, well, fuck you. I'm here to blah, blah, blah. Like, I'll just see some kids yep. do some stupid shit, and I'm like, y'all need a good dose of fear. I just and I I hate to be that old man because I'm just never like that. Like I'm normally pretty down with the kids, but I hate this whole idea of your fucking parents are your best friends. Like me and my mom are cool. I like my mom a lot. We're not friends. I don't view us that way. Even as like, I don't know, like I just think I, your parents should be your parents. Your parents should be parents. They should be authority 
Right. You know, they should lay the law, not now, in not, the same breath. And not, I guess I'm talking more to parents out there. Cause I know parents are like, they want, I'm like, I guess you want them to be your friend and be cool. But like, if they don't agree with you, no shit. Right. Like no shit. Yeah. Like I say to snappy all the time. Like if he's ever saying something, you know, about any of his kids, I'm like, dude, I thought my parents were idiots. Like I was never like, Ooh, my parents were right. They were fucking nail on the head on that one. Fuck no. At 15 or whatever, I was like, idiots, they don't know shit. I'm a fucking genius. And that's how it was. And like, then now looking back, you're like, man, they were right. Uh, some stuff. I don't know. I still, I still hold out. I'm pretty stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, someday we're going to figure out uh, how to fix family and parenting on this podcast. So stick around for that. Oh, one thing. And I know this is way late to get to it, but I gotta get to it for out of here. I gotta mention my Patreon, patreon.com slash a podcast with Mo. And I gotta shout out Snappy Hurricane Haynes and my mother as my better fans. And uh are you a better fan these days? What's better fan? You gotta have like ten dollars. Oh, mine's five a month, I think. I've shouted I'm you, supporting you. I'm you supporting have, you. I have shouted you out here and there, and I always go, but I don't have to because I don't fucking pay enough. <laughs> <laughs> Real adamant about it. Um, but anyway, if you support at any money level at all, you'll get this shit early. I've been doing the music episodes a week early, which I think is like a cool benefit if you like those. Like Travis sent me a picture because uh, he got he got it before the artist. I didn't even send any artist yet before I put on Patreon. I waited a few days, right? So it was like truly exclusive. And Travis sent me a picture or a little video of him having the podcast up on his fucking big screen on the speakers about to start the music episode, enjoying his Friday night. So I'm just saying, uh, if any uh, the artists from the podcast are listening, um, some people enjoy your shit out there. And Travis wrote a fucking nice-ass comment about an artist in which I had to tag the guy because I don't think people that don't make music understand like how cool it is to read, like, I fucking really enjoyed this song. Right? And he was talking about this Petra Vita guy. So I was like, well, I got to attack Petra Vita because I'm sure he wants to fucking read that. Yeah. Like, quit telling me about it, Travis. You know, that's, that's how my thought was. But, but Travis doesn't know how to get a hold of him. I guess true. he can look him up and right. messages. Um, yeah. So I, I tied him there and it, it, I'm kind of just giving Travis shit. I've asked him to come down, um, be on the podcast anytime. I've also still invitation to Shelton, uh, KV I'm trying to hunt down, which I mentioned. And, um, yeah, you know. Travis is getting married. Can you believe that? I can, because he, he told me about it a while ago. <laughs> it's not like I think someone said no or whatever. Me and Travis have some funny stories, because like on these episodes, I've been trying to tell like sex stories. Um, there's probably some pretty funny ones. The story uh, last week that I told was snappy about this uh, like failed threesome scenario, Some after that, because I mentioned a lot on that when I mentioned, like, I'd never talk to that girl again. But it's not true. I talked to her, like, two weeks after that to help Travis out, to get Travis laid with her friend. So I fucking did uh, solid there for Travis. <laughs> anyway. But me and Travis had probably a lot of dumb stories like that because he was at my – he basically lived in my house. And he's your big in the fraternity. Oh, yeah. That's why I'm bringing it up because you're fucking close with him and shit. Um, so anyway, Hurricane Haynes hopefully someday makes a trip to the podcast. I'm just going to do the invitation here. On air, so he knows. If you get Corey here, he'll probably come. Corey. From Marlowe, Corey? Oh, yeah, I haven't What's talked to Corey in forever. Name? I don't think Corey would want to be on here. I don't know. Corey's lifestyle, from what his Facebook posts, and I think you removed me as a friend, um, because my sort of posts and his sort of posts don't really uh, go together as much these days. But I, me and Corey used to be fucking real big homies back in the day. We were very cool. But I haven't talked to Corey in forever. I know his last name if you're looking that up. What is it? Allfinger. Allfinger. 
Man, I don't know. I can't believe I forgot that. So anyway, he, he worked at the bank. Him and Travis. Whenever I was, oh fuck, they went to ATMs, right, and filled up ATMs or something. Well, it's been seven years, so I know Travis can't get in trouble because it's not murder. <laughs> I don't know. I think you might need to cut that out. Don't put that one on there. I'm gonna leave it to where like they get up to a point, and then they get to where you say cut it out, so everyone can wonder. But it definitely incriminating, Travis. Um, we'll see if we can talk about it later. But all right, man, thanks for coming on. I'm keeping you way too long. I realize the time at the moment. It's all good. All right. Thanks for having me, Mo. Appreciate it. It's yep. always fun. Peace, man.